Okay, podcasters, welcome back to the Leaders and Mentors podcast. Uh, it's Wednesday, July 25th, 2018. Uh, have somebody on my podcast today that I've known him and his family for a number of years. Has probably one of the most interesting stories of the podcast that we've done so far. And uh, would like to welcome him to the podcast Sir, can you state your name and your current position that you hold, if you would, please? Uh, good morning. This is uh, Mike Shedd, current video coordinator, scout, and player development coach with the Dallas Mavericks. Mike uh, Mike is a, somebody my family's known. He's known my parents and uh, have a number of mutual friends in Albion and just thought Again, that Mike has one of those stories that we definitely need to get on the podcast, and that's the intent of this podcast is to uh, yeah, have those stories brought to life. And uh, so, whether it be inspiration for other individuals or just to hear uh, what he's been through, Mike, I welcome you to the podcast today. Appreciate it. I appreciate you be having me on, Sam. For sure, Mike. As the uh, Dallas Mavericks video coordinator. What are your primary responsibilities? Uh, you listed a number of other roles there as well. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, my title has lots of slashes in it. <laughs> I need a lot of ink when you print my card. Um, the main responsibility of the video coordinator is just, you know, I oversee three guys mm-hmm. that we handle any any video requests from the staff, basketball operations, mm-hmm. um, anything teaching, anything scout worthy for any of the coaches, staff, for the players, and uh, as post and you know draft draft stuff, the you know European video and all that type sure. of thing. So I kind of oversee that. I've progressed out of a lot of the hands-on stuff as I've as I've stayed and taken mm-hmm. on other roles, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, player development. I help. I help direct the draft workouts uh, leading mm-hmm. up to the NBA draft, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I'm one of the main opponent prep guys for the coaching staff. So I, you know, I'm I'm breaking down what the Pistons are doing leading mm-hmm. up to our game or mm-hmm. that type of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, wide ranging, and I, I'm kind of the de facto IT guy. Mm-hmm. So if anything. Mm-hmm. Anything breaks or internet's not working, mm-hmm. everybody kind of comes to me. I don't know if that's earned or yeah. if that's good, but it is what it is, I guess. I would imagine that's come with uh, increased confidence in, in yourself, of course, as the job materialized, but also in Coach Carlisle and his staff as well, correct? It, it, exactly. They all. I'll get calls, random calls, when I'm not even at the office about things at people's homes. Hey, I'm trying to do this. I'm uh, trying to do this. What do I need to go do? Yeah, so exactly. It's, uh, exactly. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so you you also did a little bit of a coaching as well, correct? Oh yeah, I'm I'm involved every day in the coaches' meetings and on the floor. And then uh, the, for the last nine summers, I've. Uh, 
um, I think it's nine summers. Mm-hmm. I've been an assistant coach with the summer league team. Sure. Um, so that, you know, that gets me a little more on the floor with, uh, with our young guys and our free agent guys that are trying to, you know, get invited to training camp. Mike, I know you've been around basketball forever, but how, I mean, <laughs> take us back to the first time that they told you that you were going to be coaching on the floor. How, what was that like? Was your, were your eyes wide, uh, wide open? Were they like saucers? Uh, you know, or, or did that just kind of come incrementally along the way where they gave you a little bit more, a little bit more, and, and finally, or was that just basically, you know, somebody didn't show up one day and you had to fill the shoes? It was, I would say it was kind of incrementally along the run. My first couple mm-hmm. of years mm-hmm. uh, after Avery Johnson had hired me, I, sure. I, I did minimal stuff on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't a ton by any stretch. And then once Coach Carlisle got there every mm-hmm. every year or so, you know, the, the, the draft workout situation kind of became a, I was always around right. and I just started to do it. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, let's have Shed do it. It's just kind of like, hey, Shed's already doing it. Sure. So... Um, it's just, and then once we hired a full-time director of player development, I, mm-hmm. when he's, when he's there, he mm-hmm. kind of runs them. I, mm-hmm. we kind of split the, the duties on those, but, sure. uh, he always, he always ends up having to, uh, travel to China for another camp he takes right. part in. So I end up having a big chunk of the workouts. And then when we've had these higher picks, coach Carlisle's, you know, always involved because right. he's a, he's very hands-on. So, uh, I just. I do whatever whatever needs to get done out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know you love the game, and I knew that had to be a thrill for you. So, oh, the first day we had, you know, the first day you work out with Dirk Nowitzki and yeah. Jason Terry, and I mean, it's just <laughs> it's a it's a different world coming from college. Exactly, exactly. Mike, I know you, but take me back to the early years of uh, Mike Shed. You grew up in Albion, Michigan, correct? Correct, and. Uh, yeah, I know your family. What was it like growing up in the in the shed household? You have a younger brother, and you have an older brother. So, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, Albion, I'm uh, I've always I've always loved Albion. Always will. Uh, you know, small town, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, big hearts in the small town. Mm-hmm. We got a older brother was always academically inclined. He mm-hmm. wasn't so much into sports mm-hmm. until he got to high school. Older yep. brother Brad. Um, yep. Younger brother Trevor, you know, he was he followed in my footsteps from a sports perspective. You know, he, you know, we play in hoops, and sure. uh, that's kind of he played football. It wasn't really he, he was more of a hoop head. Sure, um, I was I played the most by far. You know, I played uh, baseball and you know through the shot put and mm-hmm. basketball, and football. So I, I kept busy. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And three boys in the house, and you know, my mom Jan, she. We were, we didn't sit inside. We didn't, this whole, this whole playing video games thing. We, we got, (laughs) we got that maybe once a week on a weekend, kind of, if the weather was bad, otherwise we were outside. So, um, that was our social network was outside. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And I, like I said, grew up and when I went to St. John's elementary and middle school, which is all Mm -hmm. self-contained K through eight. Yep. And uh, played hoops on the hoop team there. Yeah. I was on the, the, the varsity, I guess, from the time I hit fifth grade. And mm-hmm. then uh, 
ended up transitioning to public school to go to Albion, Albion Senior High. Sure, sure. Um, what was, uh, what do your parents do, if I can ask? Uh, my my mom used to do, uh, I think she's retired. She's semi-retired or retired. She yeah. worked at uh, Starkey's dentist office as a sure. uh, book. She handled books and ordering yeah. and yep. uh, scheduling and that type of thing. She did that two or three days a week. Was never, you know, full, full time, but, yep. uh, and always, always around for us. Mm-hmm. Take us. And then my dad just recently sold uh, Parks Drugstore in Albion. He's longtime owner of that. Yep. And uh, now he's he's on the retirement game. So, uh-huh. uh, yep. you know, my parents I mean, were big in at the high school, big in the booster club, and they were they were probably the presidents of the booster club for twenty some odd years, even when yep. we were out of school. Yep. So it was. Yep. Uh, Always, always uh, had our hands in something going on at AHS, uh, sports-wise. Absolutely. Well, nice segue. Um, and by the way, I, I know Mike's parents. I, I, uh, your dad's always busy. Neighbors of mine, always busy, always out doing something. He is. Uh, I'll let you know, Mike. He's staying active. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. <laughs> but nice segue. Um, you, and some people may not realize this, you are on one of the, the uh, definitely uh, top two or three most outstanding high school basketball teams Albion High School has ever known. Uh, you went on the run to in the 90-91 season to the Palace, uh, where you ran up against a, uh, a formidable foe, and that was uh, Detroit <laughs> Country Day and Chris Weber. Um, you guys had a great, great team in your own right with David Washington and Chris Daniels and yourself and, and Montier, Glasper. Can you talk a little bit about that team and that season, how magical it was and that run through the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a fun memory for sure. And, uh, I said, we played for Milt Barnes, coach Barnes was, uh, in his third year, I believe that mm-hmm. year, and he had he had changed the landscape of Albion basketball, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know made it more of a priority for outside development along with basketball development. It wasn't just show up and play. If you weren't doing something else, you were prepping for basketball season. So it was it was because of his college background. It was kind of run like a small level college sure in in uh the development aspect and we uh we you know perfect storm of having guys develop and come together at the right time you know montier was my grade yep Uh, we were juniors that year but he had you know he was he was high level from yep from the start back in junior high and all that and uh and david and chris you know the twin towers you, you not often in high school in oh, a wow. town the size of Albion yeah. to get to six, seven, mm-hmm. you know, guys mm-hmm. that are capable of dominating the game from that perspective. Right. And then you factor in our all the role-playing guys, Damon Lewis, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Rodney Wilson. Mm-hmm. He, he goes on down the line Absolutely. of guys that, that uh, contributed that year. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we went... 26 and 0 leading up to that state championship game and uh you just always felt that every game that came up on the schedule we were we were going to win right or we were going to find a way to win there was never like oh man i don't know 
Yeah. The only the only one that was ever doubt was the Holland Christian game. Yep. And they were, you know, supposedly ranked above us yep. or people considered them better than us. And uh, yep. I remember going up there and we we walking into that pulling up to the to the gymnasium and mm-hmm. seeing the the fans wrapped around the building <laughs> waiting to get in. <laughs> And breaking fire codes by installing more seats and stuff just to fit everybody in there. That Absolutely. was a, an amazing time, amazing yep. day, amazing yep. game. And we, we put it on them pretty good. Like, oh, there yeah. was no doubt when that game was over that we oh, were yeah. the better team. And, uh, yep. And, I, uh, I got to believe it broke a few fire codes at Albion High School as well that year. If, if, if Oh, no question. <laughs> no question. Uh, it, it, you know, the people standing on the baseline, yep. right, they're not supposed to be doing that. And yep. up in the rafters, oh, it was a, yep. it was quite a time. And then, of course, they were being game. absolutely quiet, not saying anybody to on the baseline there, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did you ever exactly. run into Weber again in the uh, in the NBA at all, or just um, you know, I don't know I those moments. You. Did you ever remind him about that? I never actually ran. I never actually ran into him directly uh-huh. when we uh, when we won the NBA championship. Yep. In eleven. Yep. Um, a friend of mine, and you know him, Zeke Jennings, who yep. used to write for the uh, Jackson paper. And, sure. Uh, and uh, he wrote an article, and it was, I think it was titled, uh, Shed Finally One-Ups Weber. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it said, uh, basically to the fact, he says, Weber has the state championship, but Shed got him, has him trumped by winning his winning an NBA championship. Sure. And that was a, that was a fun little article, but it was, uh, yeah. you know, it was, we, a lot of people considered us the public school state champions. And, uh, uh, yeah. Because, yep. Country Day was is a school that could recruit and sure. scholarship and sure. uh, and a little different, little different mold. Yep. Uh, but uh, it was a good game. You know, Chris went down in the first half with yep. the ankle, and yep. I think we got up nine points. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he came back, I tell mm-hmm. you, it was mm-hmm. like a, a tidal wave of emotion for them because yep. they just kind of flipped the switch and. We, we we didn't make shots in the second half and all that, but it was uh you know just being there. I still remember winning the semifinal game and going to the hotel and yep. you know being with your guys and then that morning driving over in the with it being the B game we mm-hmm. played early mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I remember driving around the curve there and seeing the palace and it's like wow this is yep. real yep this yeah. this is real a high school kid from Albion yep. And you're going to play in the state championship game at the Palace Auburn Hills at the time, which was a one of the preeminent facilities in the country. Sure. And uh, that's a you're on your little school bus and you're driving over there. It's something else. Yep. I got to imagine in a couple of years here down the road when what? And I'm probably reminding you of this. You're going to be celebrating your your uh, 30th year class reunion. that's going to be something you guys are going to definitely remind you know revisit and talk about and i'm sure hey with facebook and everything else you guys still do that nowadays you know and what a wonderful experience that you know for a group of young men a special group of young men that uh were able to share that together especially with uh with coach barnes very nice exactly and he like i said he said talk about social media with facebook and the memories aspect you get you get things that pop up yep and uh it's uh it's always fun to see that type of stuff Let's talk a little bit about how you got to where you are now, your current role with the Mavs. Uh, you went to Purdue, did your undergrad there, correct? Correct, yes. 
What was your major? I was, uh, well, I started out, uh, wanted to stay around sports. And, uh, mm-hmm. my, like I said, my older brother Brad went to Purdue and he played on the football team. So I always wanted to go to a big school. Yep. And I didn't want to be a four day college student. And I say that because everybody that was local yep. that went to Michigan State or Eastern or Western, they were always home on the weekends. They yep. never, you know, and I wanted to be away. I didn't want to, I wanted to be far enough that mom and dad couldn't pop in. Yep. They had to schedule it. And I, but I was close enough to get home on breaks. And mm-hmm. uh, so, um, I just loved when I would go to Purdue. So that's where I went. I was going to be an athletic trainer. Yep. Stay around sports. Yep. And midway through the first year, probably after the first semester, I was like, I, I just questioned what I was doing. I said, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And one of my courses, I had to go visit a class, right. you know, a high school, middle school class, whatever. Right. Um, the teacher I sat with, um, he asked me if I was interested in coaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, uh, are you committed to athletic training? I said, I'm, I thought I was, I'm not. Yeah. And, and so I ended up changing my focus from that to education and I ended up getting a degree K through 12 PE with a secondary health minor sure and um, and uh, so when I was sitting with uh, coach McGinnis uh, Dick McGinnis Mm -hmm. I uh, he asked if I wanted to meet with the head coach of Harrison High School West Mm -hmm. Lafayette Harrison and Mm -hmm. uh I met with Coach Rickard, and they offered me the freshman head coaching job for the football team and oh, varsity nice. assistant, which basically meant I scouted on Fridays yep. and I I coached the freshman team on Thursday. Uh, and I was partnered with a their their state championship quarterback who was in college, okay, and he wasn't playing anymore. So uh, the two of us co-head coached. I defensive coordinated. He called the plays, and mm-hmm. we and we did that. And uh, so that's kind of how. And the next year, I got a basketball job. Mm-hmm. So I kind of managed college via my coaching jobs. I you know mm-hmm. first semester through Christmas was football, then hoops. Yep. Hoops led up to spring break, yep. and then you're done at the end of April. So <laughs> yeah. So, from there though, you you did transition and you and you met back up with Coach Barnes at Eastern Michigan, correct? Yes, yes. I, I always stayed in touch, and when mm-hmm. he left Albion to go back to Minnesota, yep. Um, I, I always stayed in touch, and anytime I, you know, yep. anytime they played Purdue, I always went to their shoot arounds in the games. Sure. And, uh, and then he got the Eastern Michigan job a year or so before I graduated. Okay. And. Um, um, I just stayed in touch, and when he after his Eastern Michigan job, they didn't they weren't fully staffed as you would as staffs are now in right. college. Right. Um, he says, "Hey, I I've got something. Mm-hmm. It's you know a director of ops, video mm-hmm. coordinator type of position. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also run camp. That's how you made extra money is by directing camps right. and." Uh, so I, uh, I had this, I was in my fifth year at Purdue 
and I had to take Maymester. I graduated, mm-hmm. but I had to take the short Maymester. And when I got done with that class, I drove the next day to Ypsilanti <laughs> and started. Uh, I started camp two days later, and and uh, was there uh, yeah. one year in that position with him. Uh, and I said we had Earl Boykins and Derek Dial. Yep. A lot of future pros that we end up going to the NCAA tournament, winning the MAC tournament. That yep. was an incredible run. Yep. And then we were there two more years, and uh, it was a fun time in Ypsilanti. It was, uh, you know, it was, we were there. We were the beneficiaries of the previous successes and mm-hmm. had the new arena built there mm-hmm. and uh, got, to, got to break that place in for a couple of years. And Absolutely. Then, uh, Unfortunately, that train came to an end, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> Sounds like it. I, I, it's, it. It was probably, especially knowing Coach Barnes and, and, and being fairly close to home, although that wasn't necessarily a, a big thing, uh, but being at Eastern, a smaller school, that was probably a great stepping stone for you, wasn't it? I got, I got my hands on a lot, Coach. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got, I, I, it's my first real dive into college athletics, and, you know, I was – helping schedule games and travel and sure. you know, on the court player development and mm-hmm. individual skill stuff. So no, it was a, I can never thank him, thank him enough for just sure. that opportunity. It didn't end how we would have hoped, but yep. it was a, you know, fun time. And yep. I said, it was close to, close to Albion. I was, you know, that's, yep. that's 35, 40 minutes. Yep. It's not, if they wanted to come up or I wanted to shoot home, sure. that was easy, easy to do. Sure. Then you moved on to Ohio State, correct? <laughs> yeah. When we got let go on uh, March, I want to say D-Day was March 5th. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a funny story. So I was so close to Milt that the other assistants leaned on me. They would kind of filter through me to get to him. Okay. So on that Sunday, after we lose in the, in the SOCON tournament, right. There's rumors that the new AD was going to let go coach. Okay. And so they call me late Sunday night. Yep. And they're like, what time are you going in? I was like, what are you asking me? <laughs> you guys are both, you guys are all grown men. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, well, we're, we, do you, have you heard anything? I was like, no, coach isn't going to call me. And then yep. an article came out yep. that night that they would be meeting and more than likely yep. they were going to sever ties. So I go in that morning, first thing. I, I get in a little early. It's 7, 7.30 or something. And uh, I walk in, and our secretary, Zeph, mm-hmm. older woman, mm-hmm. she's sobbing at oh. the desk. Oh. And I'm like, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. <laughs> and uh, so then I walk back to my office and open the office, and then I, I was directly across the hall from Coach Barnes' office, sure. and uh, he's he's sitting in there and he's organizing his notes, yeah, all of his phone call notes because he always took everything on uh, post-it notes. Yeah, he was organizing his post-it notes, and uh, I said, uh, "Anything to say? Anything I need to know?" And he says, "He just said, uh, he said it's over. Get your box ready and start packing and, her up." He says, uh, "And go down to see Doctor Dials, the new AD." Yeah, and. Uh, so I said, go now, go later. He says, might as well go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, had my discussion, had my meeting, and yep. they told me they were going to honor their the contract, which had me, you know, employed through August. Sure. Which was nice, yeah. you know. And yeah. uh, and then uh, 
to try to have my stuff out by Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> so it was uh, my first taste of college athletics yep. getting let go. and uh, uh, But like everybody, I've learned from hundreds of coaches that uh, a coach that has never been fired is just that. He's yep. just never been fired yet. Yep. So yep. that's the name of the game. And uh, you're the flavor of the month. If you're winning, everybody <laughs> loves you. If you're losing. Yep. So. Yep. So you applied and, and uh, oh, well, the, the, so all that leads to this. Uh, so I'm I'm not working, but I'm getting a paycheck. Yep. I'm debating high school jobs. Yep. Uh, yep. I think I even met with Tony Harris, mm-hmm. the former Albion great Albion mm-hmm. College. Mm-hmm. I met with Tony about a position, even though he couldn't promise basketball job. Sure. And uh, cause I, like I said, I had a teaching degree, so then yep. that was. Uh, and then a friend, a uh, former, well, not former friend, a former assistant at Purdue, yeah, uh, Seth Kushkin, is calling my mom, trying okay. to, at the time, get a hold of my younger brother Trevor's friend, Todd. Okay. So, um, and I guess he lets it slip that it's for a job at Ohio State. Okay. And uh, so my mom calls me, and she says, you need to call Seth. Okay. So I call Seth, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I was trying to. I didn't think, I didn't even think of you." Yeah. And so I go down, and uh, I drive down the next day to Columbus and yep. meet with the head coach and uh, and the staff, and they yep. tour me around, and I end up taking the women's basketball video. They call it the videographer, still yeah. video coordinator position. Right. And uh, was there with was there with them for two years under Coach Beth Burns sure. and uh, um, Columbus. I'm a, they said no offense to any of the Michigan Michigan State <laughs> people. Uh, Columbus was awesome. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan. It's yep. a it's a awesome town. It's the way they do athletics is almost professional level. It's mm-hmm. uh, they, they say there's no pro sports there, but with the with Ohio State there, it's a uh, it's, it's that, about as pro as you can get. Now yeah. they got the they got the yellow jackets and all that, yep. but it's uh, yep. Um, it's a uh, it was a, I, had a, I had a great time in Columbus. I uh, I truly enjoyed my time there. Very nice. And then and then Furman. Yes. How so okay? So you, so you're going from Eastern Michigan to Ohio State, but then you go to Furman. Talk to me about yep. that. How's that work? Through Coach Barnes and yep. my time at Eastern yep. and his time at Minnesota. One of his managers at Minnesota was Nico Medved. Okay. Um, and uh, Nico is a hot name right now. He was he's the head coach at Furman. Then he got uh, Drake, and after Drake, he got Colorado State. So he's been around. But I've known Nico for several years through Coach Barnes. Sure. And he had been at Furman. Okay. Uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, with the men's team. And, okay. Um, and uh, Nico would come and work Eastern Michigan's camps in the summer, so we had a relationship and. Mm-hmm. Um, when Coach Burns got let go at Ohio State, he yep. was replaced by Coach Jim Foster. Yep. Um, you know, longtime great in women's basketball. Um, he met with me, and uh, he said, "I've never heard such great things about somebody in your position." Nice. And I was like, "Well, that's good, I guess." He says, "But." Mm-hmm. I said, there's always a but. Mm-hmm. He says, I have a guy that does what you do. Mm-hmm. And and that was uh, Coach Pete Gaudet. Uh, it was a former longtime Duke assistant with okay. Krzyzewski. And, and uh, 
he says, I brought Pete on and he, he does my stuff. Yep. So he said, just, and I still, I will remember this to the day I pass. Mm-hmm. To say you will be underutilized would be the understatement <laughs> of the decade. And as he says, you're more than welcome to stay. You can travel. Yep. You get, you'll get all the, you'll get everything you've been getting. He says, but you, I just, I don't see me using you at all. Okay. And then he was like, and because you have such, you are so well respected around here, I'm willing to just let you basically hang out. Sure. <laughs> he says, but if you want to get another job, I will help you do that. Absolutely. And so I said, well, that's good to know. And uh, so I, I reached out to a few people, and then Furman had a position open. Okay. And Furman was, uh, like I said, it's a Southern Conference school, Greenville, South Carolina, probably the, if not the, one of the most uh, beautiful campuses in the country. It's only got like 3,000 students. It's like a, it's like a, it's it's like a country club. Yeah. From the look. Okay. And uh, I knew, so they had, Nico had been there as an assistant. Right. For Coach Larry Davis, and uh, they had a spot open. Now, the spot paid less than when I was making at Ohio State as a mm-hmm. video coordinator, which mm-hmm. just tells you the economics of big, uh, you know, power five versus right. small school. And, uh, um, but again, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a bench position, like assistant coach yep. and you got to help run camp or you can make, make your money. Right. And so my, uh, coach said, Hey, you know, Nico speaks highly of you. If you can come and run camp, then at the end of camp, there'll be a job. Okay. So I basically had a 30-day interview. Ah. You know, I didn't, none of the campers died. Everybody had a good time. I, you know, <laughs> it was, uh, and so then I I was able to handle it financially, which was which right. was a plus. So yep. that was, uh, you know, so then I started back with the men as an assistant coach at Furman University in a, Spent five five years there. Did you? Okay. Yes, five years there. Did you enjoy your time there? Loved it. Uh, South Carolina was awesome. Um, it was Greenville was was just becoming a hot spot. It was mm-hmm. starting to boom. The redoing the downtown and expanding mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all those things that are happening in different areas. It was three hours from Charleston. It was. And just short of two hours to Atlanta, sure. you know, it was, it was, uh, and then it was in the mountains. It was, you know, right at the base of the Blue Ridge and I could, Asheville's an hour away. It was a lovely area. I could, you could basically get everywhere, you know, Charlotte's an yeah. hour and a half. Right. You know, it was from a central location. It was as about as good as you could get. Yeah. Then to the Mavericks. Yeah. So we got let go at Furman. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're uh, at the final four. Okay. In old, in old six. All right. Uh, Coach Davis, we're having a staff dinner. Yep. Uh, which we usually always did at the final four. He would take us all out one time, and during dinner, uh, he called uh, Nico and myself outside. Okay. And we're like, we're like, this is weird, and then he proceeds to tell us he's going to resign. To, to be associate head coach at University of Cincinnati. Okay. But more money, you know, bigger, bigger profile. Just thought mm-hmm. he had plateaued 
at mm-hmm. Furman, mm-hmm. and that he thought he had it. We we had tried. We had it all wired that Nico was going to get the job. So, okay. So we went about attacking the next few weeks that it was Nico's job to be had. Sure. And then as as things happen in coaching churches and all that type of thing, people who aren't normally involved get involved and things change. Our president ended up getting involved and he was tied to Vanderbilt and okay. uh, ended up hiring a, a Vanderbilt assistant. Okay. And even though, and so that was kind of out of the blue. And so I went from thinking I was good mm-hmm. with Coach Medved mm-hmm. and we were going to get, you know, new contract and all that. And I had just built a house and yep. I'd only been in the house like five months, four months. Right. And, uh, so that fell through. And then, uh, I was about to take a, I had gone the summer. I was looking for anything and anything I could get involved with. I think sure. I was about to come back to Albion or somewhere for a teaching job. Mm-hmm. When I have a, close friend who at the time was the video coordinator for the maps sure and uh so they were going they were on their finals run their first finals run yep where they got uh you know went up against the heat yep and uh oh in 06 and all season i'm talking to him because it's his first year in the nba and he was with me at ohio state on the men's side he was at toledo when i was at eastern michigan so we had we we had been very close and um Come to find out that they, as they lost in those finals, yeah, their assistant video guy mm-hmm. uh, got let go, mm-hmm. and uh, that Avery Johnson was looking for somebody that could handle the video room, but also knew X's and O's and that type of thing. wasn't just a computer guy. Got it. And uh, so, uh, throughout the summer, I'm you know talking, 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 lots of lots of random talks, and then hey, they're going to fly me into. Utah Summer League to meet with Coach Johnson to mm-hmm. kind of formally interview. Mm-hmm. So I, my first NBA experience, I get flown out there, get put in a nice room, you know, the whole deal. I'm like, man, this is this is real nice. They do sure. it up big. Sure. And uh, I go to the gym, and I'm supposed to meet with Coach. And as their Summer League games end, and I see Coach, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes in and talks to the Summer League team. And then next thing I know, I see him with a bag, and he's leaving. <laughs> so the the other assistants are like are looking at me like uh, hold on let's figure this out and uh-huh. so Coach Johnson left without meeting with me oh. so I end up meeting with the assistants and I'm like but are you guys making the call or is mm-hmm. he because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in Salt Lake City for the first time right. I'm sitting in the Grand America Hotel <laughs> and I'm yeah. supposed to meet with Coach and he's flying back to Houston so they fly me back and they apologize, blah blah blah. And uh, I don't know, probably I'm probably a week from taking a mm-hmm. uh, teaching job, I think. Sure. Still haven't sold my house. That's sure. still sitting there. You know, never try to sell a house when a new when phase two is going up right next door. Just FYI right. for all the all the listeners out there. Right. Because um, you're going to lose all those deals that the builders are given. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we, uh, I get another call. Monty's like, "Hey, we want to bring you to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Coach will be here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. So they fly me to Dallas. I get my hotel. Uh, the next morning, I'm meeting with him at 9 a.m. You know, yep. Monty Mathis brings me to the gym. I'm suited and booted. I'm knotted up. 
Now, if my memory serves me right, Monty, if Monty was an assistant with the Mavs, wasn't he? Correct. Monty was. Yep. Well, he went from video to assistant, yep. and then uh, you know he was the one that I had known for so long from sure. Toledo, and uh, yep. and uh, so I get to the I get to the office, and uh, and that's the first time I met Mark Cuban that morning. Yep. And um, so I sit and wait, and then his uh, Coach Johnson's secretary uh, assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie, she brings me in and says, Coach is ready for you. Mm-hmm. And I walk in and sit down. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, hey, good morning. He shakes my hand, sit down. For the next two and a half, three minutes, he doesn't look at me. <laughs> he's reading He's reading his computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me a couple questions off my resume. Yep. You know, what? what's game, what's game planning, what's all this stuff you have. Yep. And I tell him, and... Like I said, it, it's under five minutes, Tim. It's not, I'm not in there 30. Yep. And he, he's like, uh, he clicks his screen, he, you know, X's out of his emails. Yep. And he's like, he taps the table. He's like, all right, thanks for coming. <laughs> and I kind of look at him like, we've been in here four minutes. <laughs> and he says, uh, he says, you can go head on out. You make sure those guys take you to lunch. Okay. And I kind of like, uh, thanks for your time. Yep. Like, I didn't even really know what to say. Right. And I walk out, yep. and Leslie, the assistant, she's like, oh, poor baby. <laughs> like, even, she, even she's like, sorry, that's, you know. Yep. And I walk down, and I see Monty and the other coaches, and they're like, what are you doing? I said, he said, he, said he was done. And they're like, oh, that's so, you know, that's yep. so messed up. Yep. We're sorry. If we would have known that, we wouldn't have, you know, had you fly in. Sure. And so I'm just like, this is this is the two worst interviews of all time. Oh. And uh, so that afternoon I had a flight out. And uh, Monty's taking me to the airport and he, his phone is ringing. And yep. it says, says on the screen, it says Avery Johnson. Sure. And uh, so... Uh, Monty says, hold on, I'll answer it on speaker. And he, he says, hey, coach, I'm on speaker. And he's like, hey, is Shed in the car? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm taking him to the airport. <clears throat> he's like, oh, great. Hey, Shed, do you want to be a Maverick? Nice. And I said, excuse me? He says, <laughs> I, he says I, that interview, he says, you're my guy. I knew you were my guy. Everybody I've talked to says you're the guy. I didn't even, I just needed to meet you. Yep. He said, so... So then that I called my dad and was like, hey, I think I got a job in Dallas. And that's how I got to Dallas. Rest is history. The two worst interviews in the history of basketball, <laughs> and I got the job. What was, uh, you, you had mentioned it, but I can't let it go by. And I know it's, you know, it's old hat for you, but let's, let's talk about Mark Cuban. What's he like? What was that first meeting like? Was it just kind of in passing? Was uh, how has your relationship developed since then? Do you do you see him daily? How does that work? Um, I don't see him necessarily daily. Um, I I don't go in the office as much right now in the yep. off season, so I, yep. I we have some off time. Yep, but it's uh, it's a uh, Mark's a fan that owns the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his his energy is just like he is with business. Yep. He's all go, all forward, all the time. It's it's all build on momentum. 
and he's like I said the first time I saw him that one day he had on a shredded sleeveless t-shirt with mm-hmm. board shorts and flip-flops <laughs> and I'm just like I said like that's Mark Cuban <laughs> and they're like yeah that's he, he, he if you see him in jeans and a polo that's dressed up sure and uh, it's a uh, he's a unique as unique of a person because of his business acumen yeah. that he's like he he built he's done all of his own stuff he yeah. built radio.com and yeah. he sold it and he you know everything he's done he's always well why can't we do it better ourselves yep. you know why do i need to go pay somebody else to do it um and um he's it's progressed like I said Mark's always an open book, but if mm-hmm. I ever needed anything or was, mm-hmm. in, you know, had severe, I could go to mm-hmm. Mark and mm-hmm. Mark would handle things correctly. And, mm-hmm. and, um, he's, uh, he calls me, uh, and this is, goes back to, this, this goes back to Britney Spears and Kevin mm-hmm. Federline, mm-hmm. K-Fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the young people, they won't know that, but, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, to this day, Mark calls me K-Shed. <laughs> Every time he sees me, hey, K shit. And uh, I don't know if he's ever called me Mike except on an email response. And um, it's, uh, but I, uh, I, I usually sit next to him on the plane when he travels. He used to travel mm-hmm. a ton. Mm-hmm. He used to go to every, you know, be with the team to everything. Mm-hmm. And now he, you know, his financials have made it so he has his own plane and his own. He's got so many business ventures. He's he's around all the. He's he's on the go, ninety percent of the time. But does, uh, does he? I, I, and I and I I just want to get a sense here. Does he let his staff do what he hired them to do? Does he does he try to micromanage at all or no? No, I would say he hands he expects off. you to do what he hired you for. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's not afraid to chime in. Sure. He's not afraid to be like, oh, I think this is better. Sure. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say micromanage. Mm-hmm. I would. He just he just manages. Mm-hmm. And like I said he's sometimes he's he's all in and active, and when other things have taken his attention, he's mm-hmm. um, he, he he can be out of sight for a while. So, sure. Uh, he listens with basketball as much as he can, but he he fans and he is he studies mm-hmm. it. He fancies himself a numbers guy, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he's all about the analytics of sports and you know, refing and all that type of thing. So he's a uh, he's involved in all of that type of thing, and you know, mm-hmm. studies the game and watches, mm-hmm. and he, he knows he he knows it. He never is going to go in half empty, sure. you know, and and and. Uh, that's for sure. He's he's always prepared. Mm-hmm. He always wants to outwork the next guy, and mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how he builds the mm-hmm. or builds the basketball side of things for sure. Well, he's he's definitely a grinder. He's a self made man. Um, anybody who knows his story, well, thanks for oh. thanks for sharing on that. Um, now, but but correct me if I'm wrong. And again, uh, it's old hat for you, but Avery Avery's still a friend, close friend of yours, correct? Johnson, I I'm I'm close with the family. Mm-hmm. I married his family personal assistant. Ah, okay. So I uh, one day they 
his home base was always in the Woodlands, Texas, okay. just north of Houston. Right. And uh, so his kids went to school there, and, <laughs> and uh, he would go back whenever he had off days or or they were up on weekends and any time right. there was off. But uh, that's where they decided toward the end of his career they were just going to home base there and okay. manage everything. Okay. So he had – my wife was their family personal ah, assistant. Okay. She started in daycare when their kids were super young. Yep. And then they kind of hired her away from the daycare and okay. she, ended up, she ended up being with them for forever. Nice. Basically. And uh, one – she would come up on weekends, and one day she was in the office, and I saw her walk through, and I she caught my eye. She's yep. she's she's <laughs> she's a looker to me. She's a looker to me, and uh, and I asked uh-huh. who that was. And they're uh-huh. like, "Oh, that's Miss Andrea. That's uh, you know our family assistant." And I said, "Oh, good to know." <laughs> and then uh, uh, one one day later, you know, a month or so later, I think I asked Avery. I uh-huh. said, "Hey." Could I get Andrea's phone number? Uh-huh. And he kicked and he kicked me out of the office. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, I guess that's a no. <laughs> so then his assistant came about ten minutes later to my desk and she she gave hand me a business card that had Andrea's email. Oh. <laughs> and with a note from Avery tied to it, he says, I, I won't give you her number, but if she responds, that's on her. There you go. So I, I sent her an email, and she wrote back within like five minutes. Now she'll tell you today that she thought it was a test oh. from him to see if she was answering and responding to her emails. Uh. Now, and I, that's I, the I only reason she responded, right? Because she immediately responded, and we, uh, you know, we we started texting, and oh, good like, uh, You know, we went out one time when she was in town for the All Star Game, right? And, uh, then it, you know, yep. progressed. Like I, like I tell her, uh, two years of texting and I finally broke you down. There you go. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, so yeah, I'm still close with the Johnsons. My yep. wife still does, uh, yep. some things for them. And, uh, and, um, she was, she was so involved in their kids yep. that, uh, you know, her, their youngest son, their only son, Avery Jr. is, uh, at Alabama. He'll be a senior. Mm-hmm. He graduated this past summer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the old, the daughter, Christiane is, uh, she's in Prince, New Jersey at, uh, at a brokerage firm. And okay. so they're all, uh, she, Doing well. she, she succeeded raising those two, helping raise those two and, uh, working on ours. So how many years have you guys been married now, Mike? This will be six. There you go. And you have another little one on the way, is that correct? Or uh, We do. We're due, uh, she's at 34 weeks Okay. So we're due, any, we're due next month. I think the due date's September 3rd. Okay. But uh, I think she would gladly, with this Texas heat, uh, <laughs> you know, be done now. Right. Uh, but yeah, right. We're, we're, at, we're due another boy, and... Uh, Great big brother Grayson is yeah is on board so yeah so will they be coming off the bench and firing up those three pointers <laughs> like you used to Mike? Uh, we 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 can hope we just, <laughs> we try to keep him as try to keep Grayson as active as possible I mean, he's he's in we're trying to touch as many things as possible sure he loves swimming okay he's done soccer all right t ball yep we did we did flag football this past uh, season yep um. We've done gymnastics for a while. Absolutely. Um, yep. 
we can now that he's going to be in kindergarten this we kind of got to taper back just from a but he's uh he's not lost for doing stuff he's Absolutely. an active little fella yep so yep and a really good swimmer and uh, soccer's a lot of running he'll tell you it's a lot of running yep and baseball's boring yep which it always is when you're that young yep and uh, I, th- I think he enjoyed flag football. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't done hoops yet. I, I didn't want to start hoops until he could shoot on a lower hoop the correct way. Okay. And not, you know, chug it granny style up at the hoop. Sure. And uh, we still do that on the big hoop, but uh, yep. he's got a little hoop at school that he can shoot correctly. So now we're looking to see if there's, you know, a kindergarten age basketball league around which there's a million leagues it's just finding something that's conducive logistically so um and then the, the others said when the other guy gets here we'll we'll be a family of four you've so. had the uh you've had the pleasure of working probably with one of the most professional classiest professional basketball players the nba's ever known and you just secured him i think for another year season and that would be dirt correct Correct. Dirk is signed on and uh, uh, signed on for his twenty first season. Twenty mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a uh, that's the most ever. Yeah. Of anybody. And uh, you know, Kobe was with the Lakers for twenty. And, yep. Uh, Duncan was. I forget what he was with the Spurs, eighteen or something. So yeah, Dirk's. Uh, He's still going. He's still got it. He's, uh, like I said, he's as professional and down to earth of a guy mm-hmm. on the level that he mm-hmm. is and was. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, top six all time scoring, and he's yep within a couple hundred points of fifth. Mm-hmm. He's got to he's got to go pretty hard to get past MJ. Um, Mm-hmm. He's got to have a pretty big year points sure. wise, and that's with with his age and the amount of minutes he plays. That's that's I, I'll never I'll never say never with him because he's always outdone and outshone expectations. But uh, if he's healthy, yeah, there there ain't the yeah that one that one tool he brings is yeah. his ability to shoot you bet. with his height, and yep. he, that doesn't go away whether you can run sprints or not. You had a great draft last year, uh, and then, of course, you your number one pick this year uh, coming over from Europe, playing, what, in Europe for six years or so? Oh, no, he's only, uh, Luka Doncic is only 19. He's oh, yeah, been yeah. a pro since 15. 15, that's correct. That's what I was he going He practiced with him, so he's only, he's only been playing professionally for three years. Okay. He was with them as a 15-year-old, oh. basically in a practice capacity. Jeez. Well, so yeah, he's uh, he's as highly decorated as anybody, and uh, we we the front office guys, Mark and Donnie mm-hmm. Nelson and mm-hmm. Keith Grant and all those guys, Michael Finley, they mm-hmm. them being able to swing that trade that draft night yep. in such a short period of time to get that done. You bet. We we had him as a, as the best player above Aiton and those guys, and uh, we we think we got the the best guy and. I Has he shown you that so far in practices, uh, Mike? Say that again. Has he shown you that in practices, the the skill we, level? We've kind of we've kind of kept him slowed down. He's played yep. almost two hundred games in the last two years. Oh my! So he didn't. 
we he only did shooting stuff with us. He didn't mm-hmm. do a full practice with us during summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's we're, we're kind of giving him time to decompress, and we'll get him ramped back up here into August and sure. September when we head into training camp. So he's a uh, he's a uh, from a skill set and everything mm-hmm. you hear mm-hmm. and read and talk to people. Everything mm-hmm. he just picks it up. He pick he adapts to who he's with and whatever's needed. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, everybody on draft night, they called him a point guard. He's mm-hmm. probably a three, you know, that just, he's a player. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a player. Mm-hmm. And uh, pairing him with Dennis Smith and we got DeAndre Jordan and Harrison Barnes and Wes Matthews. I mean, it's a, we've, we're, we're back in the mix you as bet. far as competing again. And it's uh, it's fun to see. Watching you over the last couple of years, and you correct me if I'm wrong in this, and I know every coach, every system wants to pick up, you you. The, the Mavericks really go after quality individuals, don't they? Not only just athletes, but also people as well. Character's a huge part I've of... I've noticed that. What we, character and competitiveness. If, you, if, you're not a, if you're not trying to compete, and then you're, you're going to... If you want it to come easy, you're mm-hmm. going to get found out really fast. Yeah, I've noticed and, that. Uh, and then we do so much community stuff mm-hmm. that if you're not civically driven mm-hmm. to for whatever your own causes mm-hmm. or joining others causes mm-hmm. it's, you're gonna you're gonna stand out like if our guys have events yep we it's not mandatory but hey you go to your teammates events yeah that's just kind of a that's kind of what we do i've noticed There's the bowling that, trips and all that so oh the bowling trips and like I said, what JJ and like like I said, you want to talk about guys who are civically minded? JJ Berea from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. um, what he did and got done with the help of Mark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, when they went through, when they had the storm that yep. just devastated their island, Puerto Rico, correct? I mean, yeah, Puerto Rico. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> Mark loaned his plane, the team plane, yeah. to help fly. Uh, you know, resources down there. Three I read times. that. I read that. And and in the course of a, a month, they went three different times, and the yep. the the flight staff donated their time, and, and yep. you know, JJ had found partnerships with with uh, you name it, uh, mm-hmm. electrical companies mm-hmm. that, could, that could give generators and water and baby supplies and medicines. I mean, they packed that plane to the to the hilt three different times to send his stuff down there. And, uh, and that just shows Mark's commitment to his players causes and the guys, uh, you know, commitment to sure. bettering where they're from and all that type of thing. All, all our guys are involved in yep. some level of stuff. And then, uh, then the team organize, organizes stuff for them when they're local, they agree you on know, the amount of going to schools and opening parks and reading rooms and computer rooms. And yep. There's something going on all the time. Mike, you got about five minutes left here. What's what's what are we looking at? What's the future hold for you professionally? Where are you happy where you're at? You always wanna you always wanna go you always wanna get better. You always wanna yep. you know, improve and move up and uh, you know, I've been in coaching twenty three years ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twenty two, twenty three. It's I you know, I 
the shot at being in the front office at times. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I want to go front row NBA, yeah. you know, full time, or if I'd like to get back to college. I, I really enjoy college from a family perspective. Yeah, you're sure you're going on the road recruiting and that type of thing, but the involvement with other teams and it's a, uh, it's you know, on the weekends you're going to watch football and you're going to watch volleyball and. Yep. That's kind of what you did. You and you know, just get part of the fabric of the school and something in summer camps. Your kids go into summer camps and that type of thing. So I miss college. I miss that atmosphere because with professional, it's it's pro. Yep. When when you're when you're done, yep. they got their own life. They're gonna go do their own thing and uh, you know, see you next season type of deal. So Absolutely. you'll see guys that stay around, but so many guys have homes other places. You don't see guys all the time, exactly. which, is, which is fine. It is, it, it's the nature of the beast. So uh, they financially can do that. <clears throat> I still, like I said, I still remember one time one player asked me, so where do you live in the summer? Mm-hmm. I said, I, I live in my apartment <laughs> right down there. That's where I live. You know, I don't, it's, sure. oh, you don't go back anywhere else. And I said, no, I don't have a second home. I, I don't make much money. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. So the you know those stories are funny, but it's uh you know I I, I I like where I'm at. I'm not opposed to you know Looking, we're just seeing mm-hmm. what we're eyes open and ears mm-hmm. open and seeing what's coming. Mm-hmm. It's all you can do, Mike. I do this uh, with every guest. I have a little bit of a speed round here at the end. Um, okay. Quick responses and then a few one word answers towards the end. I'll prompt you on those. What's the last movie you watched? Goodness. <laughs> Catch you off guard with it. Hey, we can come uh, back. Uh, what's the Black Panther? Oh, okay. All right. One thing you miss about your hometown, Albion. Frosty Dance. Oh, you worked there, right? I did. I ran that store for five years. I think all the sheds worked there. Well, I, I know Trev and I did. I don't yeah. know if Brad actually did. All but. right. Well, you and Trev did forever. So, favorite social media platform? I'd probably. Uh, it's probably 50-50, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I mean, not, not Facebook, Instagram. I'm a Twitter guy. I, I get my go. news off Twitter. You Twitter bet. Instagram. Yep. Favorite types of food? Mexican. Ah. So should I package up some Lopez Taco House and send it uh, down your 100%, way? 100%. 100%. How's the steaks in Dallas? Good? Oh, they're just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> even the low even the low end spots know how to cook a steak down here. Most points in a high school game for Mike Shedd. I want to say I had 18, I think. I was I was a distributor. How many rebounds in one game for Mike Shedd? I think I had, I think I had 11. Morning person or night owl? I try to be an, uh, an everyday person. So gotcha. I'm, I, I can do morning and I can do night. Mm-hmm. So. Well, with your schedule, I would imagine you have to be able to adapt for sure. Favorite type of music? Okay. Old school R&B. Not today's stuff. Got it. Got it. Early 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. 90s. Early 2000s, 90s stuff. Yeah. Mike, wrapping up here. One word responses. Dirk. Goat. Mark Cuban. Energizer. Family. Everything. Albion High School Wildcats. Forever. Mike, it's been a pleasure. 
It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you, um, I I knew this was on my short list, and uh, it's been nothing but exceeding expectations. Thank you for your time. Uh, Look, we'll be uh, watching the uh, World Wide Web, see what happens in Mike Shedd's future coming up. But I wish you luck with the next season, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Tim, thanks for all the time. I appreciate it. Happy listening. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All right.